Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, getting ready for Red Raiders and Cowboys from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Tech Hoops back in action as they remain on the road and also revisiting the realignment radar. Pac-12, Big 12, what's going on out there? Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Thanks so much for joining us again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Casey Cowan with the only. Chris Level, and it's always great to be your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts each weekday. This episode by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Chris Level joining us from the road as uh, Chris, you're getting ready for Red Raider Hoops coming up, and that's where we'll begin today's episode as Texas Tech remains away from home, this time to tangle with the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. We mentioned a couple of days ago, if you just look at the record on paper, may not get your attention, uh, but as of some recent basketball, and by recent, I guess we mean the last few weeks to a month, uh, Oklahoma State has been a team with uh, momentum and maybe one of the hotter teams in the league or in the country even. Yeah, I am in uh, lovely Stilly, as they call it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'd be a bit interesting game tonight. There's only, there's not many times the Red Raiders have come up here and just played well. And it, it for whatever reason, you you either are right there with a team uh, and just can't get it done, or you get run out of the building. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma State, as you mentioned, Cowan, man, they won five of six. I think they were kind of trying to figure out uh, a lot of things. There was a, a few injuries. Musa uh, Cisse is probably the best big man that Tech will face all year from a like a shot blocking standpoint. I mean, he's he's Tariko steroids. Uh, you know, he's just he's seven foot. <laughs> I mean, he's a Memphis transfer, and it's just so it's that that'll be the game within the game to watch tonight is when the Red Raiders really get into the lane or down. I mean, that th- they will be very aggressive guarding you on the perimeter because they know that they've got Cissé back there protecting the basket. And, you know, Davion Herman's game is to kind of, you know, dribble and probe and kind of work his way in and, um, and, th- and then maybe throw up something and, and, or, or, or kick it. And it, it'll just be interesting to see kind of how that, that part goes. The, the one storyline, though, for tonight, I think, in this game is that I think – I think Oklahoma State may be without one of their key starters really for the rest of the season. We're trying to figure out what the status of Avery Anderson is. I feel like he's been around for a long time, but uh, he, he has posted something on his one of his social media platforms indicating that, you know, hey, I I'm, I'm won't be there. I'm, I'm, you know, I hate to miss the rest of the season because of my wrist injury, kind of alluding to some of these things. So I think the speculation is, he may be out for the year and and having wrist surgery uh, after hurting that TCU uh, over the weekend. If that is indeed the case, and we have no way of knowing what's true, what's not, uh, I don't think anybody would just make that up. But uh, you never know till you you get on the floor and kind of see what what's up. But 
if that is indeed the case, that changes Oklahoma State dramatically uh, because that's one of their main guards that they've leaned on. Um, and and if he's not there, then everybody, you know, again, it's kind of like what the Red Raiders are having to do with without Pop and Fardos. So that's kind of what we'll be looking for tonight. Uh, Chris, I know we don't have to spend a lot of time on Pop or Fardos, but since you mentioned them, um, with either one of those guys and given the relative lack of possible, you know, team achievement this season, um, do you begin to transition? I guess maybe this question is more so for AMAC, possibly, but you tell me, do you begin to transition into like thinking bigger picture with them health wise, as opposed to like, hey, let's get it back on the floor and try to win these games? As your season takes, does your kind of context around injuries change any for your guys? It's a great conversation. Uh, I think, um, you, you know, because, I mean, I, I've, I've thought, okay, if you don't have a lot to play for, what's the hurry? Like, what what, yeah. what do they want to rush back if there's not anything really on the line? It's kind of like, you know, certain players opting out of bowl games and like that. Um, <laughs> right. You, you know, I mean, you know, there, there's different reasons why, why kids want to hurry back and play or don't want to play, whatever. But, um I'm I'm not real sure what I I think Fardos is actually was fairly close to to uh, coming back and playing. Oh, if that is still the case, uh, I don't I don't know if I envision him playing tonight or or Pop, but I think Pop is is somewhat close. But then you hear people speculating. I bet we don't see either one of them for the rest of the year. Who knows? Uh, and maybe the truth is somewhere in between. Uh, but you know, again, as as you continue to lose games here, it it, it does. I, I think make a, for a great conversation when you mention big picture because you know everybody's going to start. You know, as as the losses mount and you start to realize hey, we may not be going to any kind of postseason here, everybody's going to start to look at how you know what now and how does this affect me? What's best for me? Uh, whether it's you're a player and, and coach and just everybody associated with the program because obviously nobody's okay with losing. And and this is big-time business. And and you can't really remove that component. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see with guys like that specifically, like what do, do they feel it's in their best interest to, to, to try to get back as quickly as possible? Do they – you know, because and, and I don't want to make it sound like I, I think you know uh, they they would look to leave, but I mean, again, it, as as March gets closer, you know, people start to and then there's going to be movement with it, this program. That's just a fact. I mean, oh yeah, whether it's roster staff or what, come back status quo. It it it, it just that that would be the the rarest. Uh, e- even if you had done and, and you know, just like last year. You did really, really well, and it was a total, you know, change. But you know, the, the, there, there won't be, uh, you know, status quo uh, in place here. I mean, this will be something where there'll be lots of changes. I just don't begin to know what those will be, and to the extent of that, there are three guys who are safe: Chris, Chris Level, Jeff Acton, <laughs> Rick Gilbert. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> Check your day-to-day contract, fellas. <laughs> when you have a season like this, I mean, you're going to hit an off-season that results in a lot of change. As a fan, you may like some of that or maybe excited for some of that time. We'll certainly have it covered here for better. 
you made a great point there, Chris. You're exactly right. Coming off a sweet 16 year, think about all the change you had involved in your off season. So yeah. that whenever you uh, have gone through a year where nothing has been sweet about it. And I guess there's your answer before we move on and away from basketball, Chris, just really quickly on the front. Jalen Tyson's had probably his best two game stretch in about a month. Had another little nice one there uh, earlier in January, but, uh, when things go well for him, what, what do you think clicks for him? Is it just an effort thing? Is it being comfortable seeing shots fall early on, makes him feel better later? What do you think works for him with some days like he's had? Over the last two games, double-double, 19-10 and 10 last time, 11-9 and nine versus Iowa State. Yeah, that, that's a conversation about, you know, aggressiveness and, and maybe not forcing the aggressiveness, I think. I think that whenever he's yeah. been at his best – He's being very aggressive, but it's not forced. And and what I mean by that, you know, when he starts to rebound and do some of those things and do some of the dirty work, it, it's amazing how much easier scoring is for him or it just kind of opens things up a bit. And, and hit, But what I think when he gets frustrated and tries to force shots or tries to be, uh, you know, too, too involved on offense, maybe when the game is not necessarily coming to him, I think that's where we're kind of sometimes it, it the struggles happen because the 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 teams in this league and the players in this league whenever they kind of have you have you in a one on one situation and you're trying to just go one on one again like in a half court situation it, it's tough man I mean you you got guys that are six eight trying to guard you on the perimeter and there's not a lot of room <laughs> and, and all that so but but I, I just think when when Jalen has been at his best he's been aggressive one but two he kind of lets the game come to him there's been a fine line where it's seems more natural in the flow of things but I think what, where he struggles is when it's like okay I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it this time and I'm gonna force it I'm gonna I'm gonna you know get something up uh and and it may not be the best shot but uh yeah he's man and I I tell you the the biggest effect he's had for his team when he's well, on the glass. I mean, bottom line, it's not really been, yeah, the scoring component comes with it, but it's really been about his rebounding. And when he's really yeah. played well, he rebounds. When he doesn't play well, that component is seemingly missing. Decent little first year in West Texas, 10 and 6, he's averaging on the season. If we're just going to pretend like, uh, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, like the old days, Chris, you'd say, hey, look at this young guy. Let's think about what he can be as an older uniform you know way back when guys became older guys in the same uniform Tyson's a guy you would look at in that kind of context and be hoping he's going to be able to come along because uh he's a piece you want to build around as a program and it's had a decent start uh to his Red Raider career in a decent last couple of games so I'd love to see him show up big in Stillwater tonight all right we're back on the other side to process it all for better or worse Tech and Oklahoma State from Stillwater as the Red Raiders remain on the road for their second of two straight. We'll get to business regarding the final score. Coming up on the next up, dead ahead on Locked on Texas Tech. We're stepping away from hoops. Let's hit the realignment radar. Why was George Klyoff Kalishnikov, AK-47, the Pac-12 commissioner <laughs> in the great state of Texas this week? Was he just enjoying our fair weather? We'll investigate coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by America's number one sports book. 
It's FanDuel, and it's the only app you need to have your Super Bowl covered for your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you're trying to get plugged in. So many great features to make it easy to use, especially for those first timers. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. <laughs> You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Let me tell you again, Super Bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet, you're getting up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't cash. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use. If you're new to it, don't be afraid. Step right on up, sir, ma'am. Best of all, you're going to get paid on your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Glad to have you along for the ride on Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Hope you'll make Locked On College Basketball your second listen at your one-stop college hoop shop right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's Locked On College Basketball for your second listen. Chris, stepping away from the world of hoops and back to that good old realignment radar everybody always enjoys that and while the radar is still very much spinning this conversation is more so kind of big 12 adjacent because certainly these things could reference that we follow but we'll begin with pac 12 reportings reportings this week that george klivkoff pac 12 commissioner uh, i believe correct me if i'm wrong but made campus visits to Southern Methodist University and San Diego State University. I think he was on campus uh, or at least was out of his office to have And I tell you what, those have been two that have been rumored and put on paper for quite some time to be on the Pac-12's radar. I nose up at it. I got to tell you. So to see something a little bit more tangible as far as what is being reported this week, I'm a little bit surprised that, but maybe I shouldn't be, Chris. Yeah, you know, I, I think George Klavikov, he may be actually in Dallas uh, right now as you and I sit here and talk, uh, checking out SMU and maybe attending their, their basketball game. It was either last night or tonight. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, I think it's well, – there, there's a reason we're bringing all this up because I think you mentioned that it's Big 12 adjacent because I think there's some there's some pieces here and components here that certainly 
affect Texas Tech and the Big 12 and, and all those things, depending on how this plays out. I, I think, though, what is interesting is based on what has been reported, the Pac-12 can't get a deal done right now from a media rights standpoint unless they – I don't want to talk absolutes here, but it, it, it seems like it hinges upon – needing more inventory or needing to replace USC and UCLA to satisfy whatever media partners they're talking. It's also worth mentioning that they are basically, it's widely reported that they're going to really dabble heavily into the streaming component here, which I think is a bit tricky, but they're, they're in a position of, of, I don't want to call it desperation, but it may be close to that where they've got to secure enough money and if that's really who's offering it, you really don't have a choice. Now, I think that, you know, your Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, was kind of, I think if, if, if all things being equal or even slightly more uh, money coming your way, I think he preferred to be on linear cable just because of exposure and just ease of, you know, the, yeah. the ease of everybody Access. to be able to, yeah, consume it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, uh, but like even those Amazon uh, football games on Thursday nights by the NFL, and I, I, I watch a lot of NFL, I would just find myself not go through the, the whole menu to kind of pull it up because then you're kind of stuck. You can't change the channel. You can't flip during commercials, you know, all that stuff, right? Um, so, uh, Well, and that's, that's Chris, what, that's one thing just on that access uh, point. That, that's one thing that uh, I discussed with Bob former Fox sports president when we had him on the show a couple of months ago, prior to the big 12 deal was, you know, some, I guess, silver lining going digital with ESPN plus, if you had to, because ESPN was already, and I can say it firsthand from a, a Hulu standpoint, is already integrating ESPN plus offerings within their regular guide. So there's already some bridging of the gap there where you're not leaving the app to then go over to ESPN. Now that's not the same yet for like Amazon or Apple or the, some of these other options, but that was part of what, you know, I guess kind of the reason to be able to stomach it was better about the ESPN plus aspect was it was already seemingly becoming more so integrated in what people watch it. But yeah, you're exactly right. And by the way, I'm super young, super hip, super fluid <laughs> on the move off the cuff and even even I was irritated by having to get out of one app watching college football to go to another app to watch the NFL on Thursday nights. And being super young and irritated by that, I can only imagine what some older folks are going through, right? Yeah, they just throw their, they just throw their hands up and be like, you know what, I'm not I'm not doing this. quit yeah. life. Well, yeah, one of the, one of the other. Um, I, I think, though, that as this relates to the Big 12, this is going to be really interesting. As this relates to the Big 12, this is going to be really interesting because now now what you have is essentially um, do, do, do some of these schools, na- namely, let's just take it to Washington. D- do they really have an opportunity to go to the Big 10? The Big 10 is about to have a new commissioner. You know, or or do they do they want to sign off on uh, a new Pac-12 with the SMUs and the San Diego States of the world? And and who's willing to you know where where are you willing to cast your lot? I mean, it, it, can the Big 12 make a move now 
is the Pac-12 indeed vulnerable now that this, some of this is out there? Um, you know, th- th- there's there's a variety of, of, of moving parts here. And, you know, it's it's ultimately the Big Ten has the call is going to call the shots here and then the ball is going to roll downhill. So if you know, because I can't imagine if Washington and Oregon, namely those two, if they feel like they have a legit shot to go to the Big Ten, that they're re-upping or agreeing to any sort of grant of rights with anything as it relates to the Pac-12. Um, yep. Whether they add San Diego State or SMU or whoever the heck, I just can't imagine that they would say we're committing long term here, even short term without the option to get out as soon as the Big Ten comes calling. Um, and, and and then that's where the, the Big Ten evolved because if there's any movement there at all, um, I mean, and who's to say, I guess, the Big 12 doesn't, like, try to lure Washington and Oregon, too, if the Big Ten's not interested because those are the two that I think would be the top of the food chain. We've all kind of looked at it from the standpoint of if Oregon and Washington do move, then at that point you start talking the you know Utah and Colorado and the Arizona schools and things like that, uh, but you know because I mean if you add Oregon and Washington to me all of a sudden it's like Gonzaga as a basketball only school seems like a hell of a lot more makes a hell of a lot more sense. Uh, but again, I don't know the money involved here. But anyway, th- this has got some effects to the Big Twelve based on what happened. So this little trip to Dallas by the the Pac twelve commissioner to check SMU. Um, and ultimately, SMU would be – that's going to be interesting, too, because if they do agree to that, I mean, their, their games are being all, all played mostly all on the West Coast. You know? Oh, yes, that get... Pacific Coast city, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and, and, and you're, you're seeing – it opens up the recruiting pipeline to the state of Texas. And, <laughs> and, and, and there's probably some – man. That's a long pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably some truth to that, but – yeah, Maybe. That, that's a that that's you're getting to the bottom of the you know the the expansion list when you start talking to SMUs. No offense to those guys, but it, that that's uh, you're you're grasping there because I think the Big Twelve they've already vetted San Diego State. I think they've talked about it long and hard because that's a good market. I think San Diego State's got some things going for it, but I just don't think that the Big Twelve looked at it. This doesn't this doesn't do anything to help us at all. Uh, we're we're, we're going to sit tight and, in fact, moved on to Gonzaga as basketball only and have talked about UNLV as potentially a basketball only and some things like that. So, yeah, I, I wasn't I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that report to come out last night and, and I, I didn't know he stood. But it, it's it's fascinating because the Pac-12 can't get their media rights deal. It doesn't look like unless they they tweak uh, their current situation and try to pre- replace USC and UCLA and. That's quite, the, that's quite the step down when you're talking about USC and UCLA to San Diego State and old uh, SMU and the Pony Express. I don't know. SMU, UCLA, SDSU, same numbers. What's the difference? Same number of letters. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, when you texted me the this week, I, I texted back that desperation is a stinky cologne. And I, I mean that, and I'm laughing at that from the Pac-12. And I'm doing that as a fan of a team in a league that added Cincinnati, Houston, UCF uh, to their league last time around. So I do understand, or maybe irony, and me laughing at the Pac-12 because of what uh, we just had to add. But uh, Chris, I, I, I'm, I'm just fat. 
watching this play out because I've been calling this uh, for years on whatever sports broadcasting airwaves I occupied. And it's not because I have any great insight. It's just because I know what numbers are bigger or smaller than other numbers. And this entire conversation, this entire ship that is now sailing through the uh, port of destruction for the Pac-12 launched whenever the reality became that USC for their third tier athletics rights were making comparable to say Texas Tech as an example. They were 12 million behind Oklahoma. They were 20 million behind Texas. They were whatever million programs and Big Ten programs. And it was at that point that you had to know, all right, well, whatever the Pac-12 is currently, they're not going to remain that because USC is not going to remain as uh, so little resourced comparatively blue bloods across the country. So here you go, Pac-12. And this was, you know, this has been years in the making. Um, here you go, Pac-12. What are you going to do to kind of address that, maybe save yourself? Well, they did absolutely nothing. And that's why USC is gone. Um, so to now see the next step in this process, Chris, which is, you know, like these stages of grief, I guess you could go through. This is the denial stage still. They're not, they're not like uh, grief just yet. This is the denial stage. And I'm really wondering if all of a sudden, you mentioned it from a Big 12 standpoint, to kind of bring back the dream possibly of Oregon and Washington, because that dream has been a total pipe dream to me as far as the Big 12 is concerned. If they go to the Big 10, they'll go to the Big 10. If anybody could go to the Big 10, they would go to the Big 10, right? So I'm more so focused in on those four corners, which I think would be worthy additions. Sounds like Utah might be a little bit dilutive, possibly, but either way, um, that's what I've been focused in on. This becomes really interesting now because of the timeline, the urgency uh, of it all. And it all starts with that television car. They still don't have one. And it is outrageously late in the game for them to not have something new. And the options that they're doing are not the options they want. Look, I don't care how progressive you want to be with streaming rights and how much money they're throwing at you. Nobody wants to be there. They want linear access. It may change in the future, probably will. But they don't want to be there right now and certainly don't want to have it taken up some like big chunk of their inventory. And so for the, the network on notice or the networks to put them on notice uh, via a lack of an agreement, Chris, really speeds up that timeline. And you're exactly you kind of talk about the face-off now between the Big Ten, Oregon, Washington, the Pac-12, and the Big 12, and maybe even those other – they're all kind of like separate groups in my mind because Oregon and Washington are kind of, to me, entities unto themselves, you know, given what they would be as far as Big 12 targets are concerned. So I don't know. Do you think it kind of reinvokes the possibility of – something involving the Ducks and the Huskies? Could we actually go that far if you were to say, just like you did a moment ago, well, the Big Ten isn't quite ready to make that move, and Oregon and Washington ain't quite ready to be partnering up with SMU uh, to have their games broadcast <laughs> on a streaming platform. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. I'm hearing the dream right now. I, I don't know if I'm going to buy into it, but it's almost like it puts that back on the table. Well, I, I, I think what's in table, what is interesting is, is the Big Ten really in a position to make any decisions right now without any leadership, with an outgoing commissioner and trying to search yeah. for a new one, 
because they, they don't they may not even know what they want or have nobody that's in charge. Now there may be some of those institutions in place, Michigan's, Ohio State's, and et cetera, that are kind of like this is what we prefer because if that's what they prefer, then that's what more than likely the commissioner will be like, yes, sir, let's go get it, let's go get it done. But um, I, I just I, I don't know what domino falls first here because the Pac-12 may be trying to hurry as fast as they can to get some resolution here so they can get an agreement done so they can start the money coming in. But again, I just am curious if some of the, the, the pertinent parties here, if they're willing to commit to that, or if they're like, you know, no, we're good, man. We're going to, we're going to sit tight. And then at that point, maybe there is no deal. So I just, I don't know what domino falls first. Here's my domino prediction. Big after uh, you and I have been doing this for another you know, five years, we can look back on this episode, February 8th, 2023. Here's my prediction. I Pac-12 is so desperate. I really think the Pac-12 will offer unequal revenue sharing to Oregon and Washington for the time being. I really think that Oregon and Washington want the big so bad above all others, and I get it, that they would, for some period of time, accept that waiting for a better time for a Big Ten migration. The problem for the Pac-12 is it's not like it's, you know, San Diego State out there in Oregon State you got to appease. No, there's Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, programs that think themselves. Now, they may or may not accept an unequal revenue sharing uh, arrangement, but I think we've all already learned what that leads to. It leads to eventual dissolution. It's not good for anybody. So I, I really do see... Oregon, Washington, willing to accept that. I see the Pac-12 as a conference being willing willing to offer it, but in that willingness, do they destroy their standing? Other league members presently, namely those that the Big 12 has been making phone calls to. If I had to just put your money on it, <laughs> I think I might go with that. I, I asked the aforementioned Bob Thompson about unequal revenue sharing possibility, and he certainly did not. Um, you know, turn his nose up at it. You you know how that goes, just like I do. We've experienced that in the Big 12 Conference. But to me, that's the – I guess that's the Band-Aid, the simplest Band-Aid maybe I could see uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, and, and you know you know what's, what, what is also interesting is if you remember back, remember when the, uh, the Pac-12 uh, was talking about – going sweet six, you know or i say sweet 16 pack 16 when they were talking about adding and, and all the conversations were hey tcu baylor they're not involved here because they're not the pac-12 isn't interested in the smaller you know religious you know based right. institutions right well right. I, that's funny how things have certainly changed uh <laughs> you um, notice you that know, huh? is yeah the the the, 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 the 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 plate has been widened a bit um you know, just to accommodate here, but yeah, I, I think all, I think all is on the table, man. When you talk about, you know, unequal revenue sharing or kind of, you know, thinking outside the box, here's the one thing that I'll say with all the movement uh, being discussed and you've, you've kind of had some meetings and Gonzaga has been thrown out and you know, he's been thrown out and you know, you're trying to figure out with Texas and Oklahoma. One thing that I, I know for a fact is that Brett Yormark uh, is is thinking of all and entertaining all possibilities, you know, and that part, that's a good thing because I don't know if we were always, 
you know, if we were always believing that Bob Bowlesby was or was willing to do anything about it. But I know oh, that yeah. your, your mark is certainly now that he's on the job and some of this movement is taking place. I feel very confident that he, he's going to explore every opportunity to, to make this league better. And, you know, and again, that may be why there's been no Gonzaga movement here, because they're waiting on some of these things to kind of play out before they even get to that. Or maybe that's a worst-case scenario. Who the heck knows? Really, really interesting uh, to see what's taking place. And you're on the money with a reminder of all the different things, not just like small private religious or whatever, but all the different things the Pac-12 has at over the years that could have maybe kept them solvent <laughs> as a league. Yeah. Instead, you went and got the internet director and drove it into the ground terrific job cal Beckley. <laughs> you've done a wonderful wonderful job and i know it's worthless to even talk this is like cal berkeley because they have to be reminded they have a, a sports department so that doesn't really satisfy you. i don't know who to pick on out there but they're getting what they've asked for man pride comes before the fall and they are falling now hopefully southern methodist doesn't turn their nose up at you, <laughs> Pac-12. This should be really, really interesting. And, hey, maybe we get something going on here sooner rather than later. I kind of thought maybe the realignment uh, waters had cooled. But because of this non-television uh, agreement there uh, for the Pac-12, or that's not there for the Pac-12, Chris, this is keeping this urgency heated up, right? And if they get that settled, there are going to be some uh, people peddling their water, or I'm sorry, their feet under the water, Asked him furiously because th this is crazy late in the game to not have a new agreement. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think they've long since passed their exclusive rights window. I mean, they're, they're approaching, you know, the deadline here. It, it sounds, I mean, by, by this report coming out it, it, and it, it, it's indicating, you know, hey, guys, we don't have enough inventory to, to you know, according to the TV folks right now, we're trying to go acquire it by – adding two schools I can and I can only imagine how like the Colorado States the Boise States and even some of those other you know institutions right. that get tossed around from a from an expansion standpoint they're probably like well hey man we're, we're interested you know but um yeah like you know, Nevada but, New Mexico throwing rocks at Klivkoff's plane as he flies over them <laughs> to get to Texas like hey yeah. we're down here you know <laughs> yeah but 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 I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, basically the Pac-12 has basically shown their vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, with this with this out there. And, you know, look, and that's SMU good for the Big 12, State, right? That's yeah. Big 12. SMU and San Diego State are going to jump at the chance if, if, sure. if, if that if there's an actual offer. I just don't know what it what it means for those current members and if they're just you know kosher with all of that and if they're willing to sign up long term and lock themselves in when there's other possibilities out there to be had because we already know too that the big 12 has stated uh and and some of the reporting there that that their deal changes with members being added and so yep. i think it's already built in to to your to your current contract or the new contract i should say that you know hey you know if if we add another institution or or plural then then everybody you know gets gets compensated accordingly so and there may be certain 
levels of institutions that that's built in there, but you, you get what I'm saying. So it's already kind yeah. of factored in. So anyway, I'm curious to see what it looks like. Uh, I think, yeah, there's a sense of urgency, certainly uh, from the Pac-12 standpoint, but not sure if everybody else has, has that same. Just hoping for good things. 12 and I think instability elsewhere in power five land certainly could lead to good things <clears throat> for the big 12. So keeping a close eye on that and, yeah, there are tiers in the Pac-12, there's no doubt. There's Oregon and Washington who have got all options before them, including possibly a conference that will bend over back them for the short term. You've got that middle window, Chris, with those four corner schools, uh, Arizona's and Utah, Colorado, that have some options, probably don't want to bend over backwards possibly for Oregon and Washington. I don't know. And then you've got like the Oregon States, Washington States. They'll play with anybody that will invite them over. They may just rather stay home and play with themselves. I don't know. They're very lonely people. But there are certainly <laughs> tiers as far as the interest for these little groups of programs still remaining within the Pac-12. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the result is with hopes kind of pulling in, in various directions, uh, so to speak. And we'll have it covered right here on Locked on Texas Tech as uh, this continues to evolve. Chris, enjoy. Red Raider hoops coming up tonight. You may think I'm just being mean by saying that. I really mean it. <laughs> I just, there's no irony in that statement. I just, I really mean enjoy some college basketball. I'll be back to break it down coming up tomorrow. Maybe Texas Tech can do something interesting in Stillwater, Oklahoma, man. Thanks for the insights and the time as always. Yes, sir, man. Keep hope alive. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Back here on Locked on Tech another round and hope you will be too making us your first listen on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts and remember to make locked on college basketball your second listen right here on the locked on podcast network available on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts for chris level i'm casey callan we'll see you on the other side on locked on